BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. What's up, baby cakes? I wanted to see what's up, pup, pup, and maybe we can get a little yum, yum, yummy sometime for our tum, tum, tummy sometime, and, you know, see what happens. Call me. Hey, come on, girly, furly, murly. Why won't you call me back? I thought we had a little connection plexion section. Know what I mean? Call me back. You made the biggest mistake of your fucking life not calling me back. Good luck sleeping peacefully tonight, because you're not. I will fucking End of messages. And if I were you, I would lock every door of your house and get very good at using a weapon. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 42, Shaft Wars. Oh my god, he's back. The bloody bastard is back. Welcome back, my long-delayed friends. This is Alex Rogers recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the That's right, baby. Right here and now. Not then, 
and not tomorrow, now. However, some of you might be saying, yeah, we, we, we were waiting for the now for several weeks. Matter of fact, several weeks have become several months. Oh my goodness, my friends, I am, well, I'm returned. It's very good to be back. It's good to be talking to you all again. And I do wish to apologize from the bottom of my heart to the top of my spirit for my uh, gross, gross, gross tardiness. Um, there's really no excuse, my friends. The reason I'm so late is because I went into uh, vacation mode overdrive. But Alex, you, you, you took that sabbatical even before, like, Christmas vacation. You, you didn't even give us a Thanksgiving episode. I know. I didn't do a Thanksgiving episode. I didn't do a Christmas episode. My friends, I didn't even do a New Year's episode, which means that uh, I had a, also a birthday, which means I'm now 38. No, no, please don't applaud. No, no, stop. All of you, stop it. Don't you dare applaud. Okay, just, just a little. I want to hear... One one clap. You better clap. People. I'm not going to talk more in this program until I hear you clap. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now I can fly. Or is it? No, no. It's it's when you're dead that you bring back fairies. Yeah, I guess I just uh, somehow decided to say I'm a fairy here. So there you go, folks. Me and Tinkerbell. We are hip to tiny hip. Uh, but yeah, my friends, I, I just, I got lazy. I got, uh, very lazy and also, um, kind of blocked because as you all know, if you've listened to my show, that, uh, I like to begin things with a cold open with a little, uh, comedy bit. And I just, I have been just writers blocked, comedian blocked, mind blocked to get any kind of good juice out. So, uh, squeezed one out for you at the top of this episode and you know we're gonna we're gonna hope that the weeks to come we get back into the good uh vibration of creativity but yeah you know i i I, this show is still young enough we're on episode 42 and uh you know we're we're just we're doing we're doing the best we can okay i'm doing my best i showed up I said good morning. I looked at you right in the eyes and I said hello. Now it's your move. I got some, uh, thank you, Santa Claus, some new, uh, well, Santa Claus, stop. Thank you, Mom. Let's let's keep it very real uh, as to who has been helping me out here. Little shout out to my mom. You all remember her. She's shown up on the show before, and she will again. But um, if I'm sounding maybe a little warmer, a little more, uh, a little richer, a little more well-rounded, then um, it is because I got a little bit of an equipment up uh, upgrade. Oh, that, and in in my defense, Your Honor, uh, another reason why I'm so gall darn late on this episode is because my previous mic setup at the crib, not at the studio, but at the crib. <laughs> Oh, good, baby. You're in a good mood tonight. I like that. Well, the... Oh, great. 
Now I have to change the baby. And I mean change the baby. I, not the diaper. Change the whole goddamn baby. I'm sick of this baby. No. <laughs> I hope some of you complain. He treated that baby terribly. Uh, you mean the voice that he does of a baby? There is no actual baby, ma'am. Yeah, but I imagined something and I hold him responsible for the images in my mind. But, um... Yeah, here we go. A little bit of uh, just a little something right here. This is a much better microphone. And uh, what I had before, the stand just completely fell apart. And the mic itself was kind of on its last legs. It was a few years outdated. And, uh, well, that just added to my malaise from uh, doing my duty as a podcaster and, uh, and a would-be funny dude. Um, and some of you are saying, yeah, underline that would be, because I'm still sitting here stoic as a, what the hell rhymes with stoic? As a bloic, noic, hoic, floic, roric. Nope, nothing, nothing's clicking. Point is, um, I certainly hope uh, that you all are ready to be entertained again, because we're back, baby. We are back with more pointless ramblings, uh, tangential thoughts, things that do not connect, and altogether nonsense. But let's see. Let's let's do a little update here. First of all, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, you know, we do keep it timeless. We keep it uh, very much a sort of non-linear time zone around here. But for the sake of reference, I am recording. This is the first episode of 2022. And as I heard one friend joke, let's hope this isn't 2022. Because <laughs> we do not need a sequel to 2020. But, um... Yes, 2022. Boy, if, if it doesn't sound like the future every new year you say, then I, I don't know what, but it just feels more and more sci-fi. If you're listening to this years from now, we, I, am speaking from a time where we are still masked, well, most of us. You know, folks, I still work at that grocery store that I often refer to, and um, even today, before I came home today, worked earlier, and you still got dummies coming in. And I just, I just want to say, I don't care how you feel about masks, but if you're not going to wear a mask, you, you need to look like you're smarter than all of us. You need to look like you've, you've figured something out and, and like, you, you just don't need it because you're that smart. But so far, all of you who waltz into a store with no mask, you do have a little bit of that lost-on-the-range kind of look. You got that thousand-yard stare and that mouth-breathing kind of demeanor. And, uh, and usually when you're told to put on a mask, I, I, I got a rule. You don't get to look at me anymore when I'm an employee and I'm saying what really any decent human being during this time period ought to say, which is, hey, do you have a mask? You don't get to look at me like I'm your dad and I ruined your 13th birthday party and now what a bummer. Now you have to, now my friends have to go home. Just, just don't do that because 
I did not create this world. If I was going to be a dictator and I actually wanted to like control everything the way this pandemic is controlling everyone, I wouldn't come up with a shitty pandemic law. I'd, I'd come up with a way bigger obstacle course to put people through if I were a dictator. But I ain't. And I don't want to be. I'm just saying, don't look at me like I created this paradigm when I tell you, hey, do you have a mask? Especially when I come at you with that pretty friendly tone. I mean, there is a little, I'll admit, I do, I, there's a little uh, oozing of tone in it where it's like, because you know, that's what we do, right? Um, but I think you're asking for it. And again, whether you think this shit is real or not, it's a bad look. Put your mask on. Let's try to get through this together, all of us. We're now dealing with Omicron, which sounds like an intergalactic bad guy who's come to reap the benefits of this strange, of this island Earth. Yeah, Omicron. Omicron is back. We thought we had sequestered him to a distant dimension. By the way, folks, if there are some sharp sounds in this, I apologize. I'm still learning how to use this mic. And my gosh, I mean, it's a nice little mic right here. It picks up my sound. But if I don't place my mouth correctly, I can really get a, a little sharp on this. So do bear with me. Um, well, let's see. What else has been going on. It's 2022. We are in January, just barely, because this is late. Again, I'm so sorry, my friends. And when I say my friends, I think I'm talking to about three of you who have been sort of marginally wondering about my show. So the fact that you're even coming back to listen again is just a, uh, well, I'm chuffed, as the English would say. I'm chuffed to the bollocks that he came in and he said, I, it really made a difference. Well, um, let's see here. It's 2022. We're still getting our lives together. I, uh, well, I'll tell you what I have been up to. Let's see. I went home for a little bit during December, got to see my mom. I got to go back to my hometown, which, folks, I have not been to in a little while. Monterey Bay, which is a lovely town to be born in, and I'm thinking it'll be a lovely town to die in. Not for a long time, you fates that are listening to me talk. Don't you don't you dare thread a little line out there for me to fall into, fates. Come on now. Um, at least not yet. Not yet. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, I do. It's a lovely town. I love going back. I love seeing my mom. And I also got to see a good bestie of mine from back in the day. Shout out to you, Mr. Bobby Van Spike. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Not everyone who you know as a teenager is going to remain close in your life, but some of them do. And I'm very happy to say that I do have a, a, a small group, and that's really all you need. Just about one or two people with whom you have been tight since a very crabapple stage. <laughs> um, and let's see, I've been, uh, I've been reading a lot. Oh, so I think I'm the only person in the 21st century who is reading 1970s Shaft novels. That's right, my friends, novels. Some of you have seen the Shaft films from the 70s, and of course there were a couple Shaft films made in more recent years. But um, 
yeah, it started as a novel, believe it or not. And the guy wrote like six or seven of them. They're a little hard to find these days. I had to do some deep diving and some ordering. But I I have read the first three Shaft books. Now, are they great? Well, let's put it this way. Is macaroni and cheese microwavable good for you? Maybe not. Is it a full meal? Maybe not. But is it real yummy? And is it kind of hitting the spot in the moment when you want it? Oh, yes, it is. And that's exactly what the Shaft books are. It's also hilariously un-PC. These were written in the 70s. And, and folks, if anything was written before the year, like, 2014, 15, 16, 17, uh, just sorry. No one got the woke bug. No one got the memo that we got to be, you know, careful. Here's the other thing, too. And boy, does this really, what, what do we say? It puts a bee in my, puts a, a bee in my bonnet, a bee in my bumble. <laughs> anyway. What grinds my gears here, which really, which really uh, uh, catches in my craw, is um, now it seems to me that we're no longer to... We don't even get to have characters who are completely, uh, shall we say, off-color, un-PC, um, not woke. Uh, you know, now, now people will, like, complain to, to the producers and to the networks of these... Just, this is a horrible, whoa, that did not sound good. I'm so sorry. That was probably very sharp. Let me say, this is a horrible, there you go. Gee whiz, I'm, this thing, this thing really, this thing captures sound amazingly. But um, people will say that I, I can't, I can't support a show that has mean people in it. That has this, that this person is complete. It's like, hey, 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 I'm so sorry. But lots of people are racist. Lots of people are sexist. Lots of people are killers. Lots of people are abusive. Lots of people are inappropriate. And when they are characters, they're kind of fun. How fun was Walter White? I feel like even nowadays, it'd be like, he's not a very good... I, I think he's a terrible role model for a father. Well, yeah, yeah. He didn't make a very he didn't make very wise decisions. He was a brilliant character who made some extremely risky, dangerous decisions. And yeah, a guy like that shouldn't actually be affecting our lives, but a character, it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's great, dude. Everyone relax. So yeah, reading these shaft books, all the characters are Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Our hard New Yorkers, lots of different races are encountering one another, and yeah, you're going to get a few words that you definitely don't want to say out loud today, but maybe characters, especially from the 1970s, spoke this way. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's like, listen, you cannot like these people, but you can't pretend that they don't exist. And then you don't get storytellers in trouble for showing you a side of life that's um just kind of icky. I'm worried, folks. I'm really worried about this juvenile infantile. These are grown adults, too. These are it's like, I don't like these mean people. And ma'am, how old are you? 49. What? You don't like these mean people? They're characters. Yeah, we have to be careful, folks. We're, we're all a little too old to be taking this shit seriously. And also, here's another thing, too. You know, there's a lot of dumb shit right now. There's people doing podcasts that are that saying shit that people don't like. There's news outlets saying things that people don't like. There are public speakers and there are everything. There's a lot of voices out there. And if you don't like it, change the channel. Or, or, and here's the big challenge for you all. Next time you don't like somebody... Don't just not like them and sit back and go, hmm, do it better. Do it better. You don't like this one artist? You don't like how they sing? Well, then you better sing better or don't listen to them. Those are your two options. But to like, I don't know. I understand if there's like a really malignantly horrible, clear as day figure who we all need to boycott. I get it and I'll support you on that. But really, folks, come on now. If you don't like if you don't like what a popular influencing type of force is saying, don't listen to it or be the better voice. Seems to me like those are two great options to follow. And both are more productive than writing some fucking hate blog and getting more people to join your <laughs> see, see, and then who becomes a spreader of negativity. Well, anyway. This was not supposed to go in all these little directions, but I did promise you that we would get back to my aimless ramblings and tangential mentality. Now, here's something I would like to bring up. Okay, so we covered Shaft. Um, you know, if you want to read those novels, folks, these are, these are the first three novels. You ready for these titles? Shaft, Shaft Amongst the Jews, or not amongst, among. Shaft Among the Jews, that is the title. I'm not kidding you. The second Shaft book is called Shaft Among the Jews. And the third novel is called Shaft's Big Score. Now, any of you film heads out there who have watched the Shaft movies, you'll say, wait, I thought Shaft's Big Score was the second one. Well, that's the second movie, but it's the third book. And, you know, they're really time-respecting reads. They're, I love kind of cracking open an old pulp novel from the 60s or the 70s. It has that wonderful, musty smell of antiquity between the pages. 
antiquity tucked between each page. And um, and they're like 150, 180 pages max. You can just, you can, you can breeze through them. They are not Shakespeare. They are not Stephen King. They are not Charles Dickens. They're Ernest Tidyman. And hey, this guy is an accomplished writer. He, he won the Oscar for the uh, French Connection screenplay. He also wrote the screenplay and the novel for High Plains Drifter, which is a Clint Eastwood movie that no one would make today. <laughs> Check it out if you don't believe me. Well, um, this was all uh, groovy to be reading. And now, now, my friends... I'm very eager to share with you a sort of um, change of heart that I have over a certain matter that I have uh, publicly made a big deal of. And you can, <laughs> you know, shortly before I even did this show, I had this particular explosive episode on the Wild 7 podcast with my buddy Nas. And I just, and this was a couple years back, I just ripped into Star Wars culture because just real briefly to catch you all up on it, I grew up with the original Star Wars movies. Let me just put you all, give you a little bit of context here. I am born in the early 80s, early to mid. Oh, just say it, 83. I was born in the last 19 minutes of 1983. That means in that very same year, Return of the Jedi had been released. So I'm, I'm being born right after the, that original Star Wars trilogy. And sure enough, I grew up watching that original Star Wars trilogy. And I'd like to really emphasize that I grew up, and I, boy, I hope there's somewhere. I hope there's somewhere in my mom's attic. But I had the original VHS tapes, which means these were the original theatrical cut. This means there's no added later outdated the minute it's shown on camera, or on film rather, uh, uh, digitally invasive on an otherwise great movie, that, that special edition shit, which you can't not see today. I, I don't understand why the original cuts of Star Wars aren't just a simple option, like anything else. Every other DVD has, has if, if, they, if they know what they're doing and if they can pack a lot on it, not just not just DVD. You're sounding old already, Alex. Blu-ray, whatever, whatever new state-of-the-art home video entertainment thing you have, um, you have the director's cut and the theatrical cut. It's usually an option. Well, we always now have to see these special editions, which are, I don't know, they they don't ruin them, but there's a couple shots that just are so jarringly awful. Because isn't it funny? How miniatures and, and like, matte paintings, they still look pretty okay. And they're from the 70s and 80s. But this put-in-later-as-an-afterthought CGI effects from the 90s. It looks like it's from the 90s. It looks painfully outdated now. But not the original shit. That still looks cool. Puppets and all. Well, then comes 1999, and you get Star Wars Episode One, and I and anyone else who had any taste or excitement for Star Wars were losing our minds. Couldn't believe it. Now, at this point, I'm 15. Now, what's very interesting is, and I have a lot of younger friends at uh, the grocery store, 
And they were kid kids when they saw the, the Star Wars prequel films made between 1999 and 2005. They were like kid kids. So for them, they loved those movies and they couldn't see any flaw in them. Just as when I was a wee one, I loved every single moment of the original trilogy, including all the Ewok stuff. And I really saw no issue with the second half of Return of the Jedi. When I got older, I checked it out. And uh, and yeah, it was more like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that second half of Return of the Jedi. It feels like we're marketing for a new teddy bear line called Ewoks. It doesn't seem like we actually are giving the mythology and the characters that we have developed up to this point their fair, conclusory dues. Conclusory? I was doing so well until I threw in a word that I'm not sure exists. Um, so we'll just say their proper conclusions were curtailed by too much Ewok shit. But when I was a kid, didn't care, didn't notice that. Today, I talked to a friend at work, and she told me she loved those prequel films when she was a little girl. But then, in recent years, she said, yeah, I can't really defend episodes one and two. She says she'll always be behind three. I got to tell you also, for me, when those prequel films came out, I'm between the ages of 15 and 21, 22, around there. So I, uh, I'm i of a sort of young enough, but I'm, old, I'm too old to be like f- not convinced that there's some really jarringly awful shit going on in those movies. Now, what the reason I even bring up Star Wars, and then of course, and and I and I'm I'm calm as you can all hear and collected at least for the most part. Um, but on that atomic, I think uh, Nas, Mister Nas, read he calls me atomic Alex when I get into those explosive moments. But I really, there there's a part of me that has been very um, jaded and wounded by the fact that I haven't really been excited by Star Wars in over 20 years, because every, in my opinion, every movie that comes out is lackluster or indeed downright insulting to every fiber of my intelligence. It's just me. Um, And then Disney Plus is doing its stuff. They come out with a few shows about Star Wars, which at first I'm just like, can we just leave it all alone? Just bury it. It's dead. It's done. I don't want you to keep fucking up my world. And I keep, I keep using this thing that's just such a, I don't actually agree with this um, statement, but it's funny how a lot of us use it, which is you ruined my childhood, you know, with, with every like new edition of something we loved as children. We then say, Oh, it's like you ruined my child. It's like, listen, um, I'm pretty sure this didn't ruin your childhood. Um, a, a abusive parents in a terrible neighborhood, that can ruin your childhood. But uh, <laughs> Star, Wars, Star Wars films later on not matching up to what you remember, you know, everyone relax, relax. Um, sorry, I, heard, I definitely heard the audio get a little fuzzy and loud when I said Star Wars back there. Again, please bear with me, folks. There are going to be a couple moments that might be a little sharp on your end and I do apologize because I don't I don't like sharp shit getting into my ears I have some sensitive ears and um well we're just learning how to use new equipment here folks 
But um, yeah, wasn't a fan. Oh, I'll be honest with you, with the sequel films made between the year of, I think, was it 2015 and 2019, that little gap there, um, I actually had a great time with The Force Awakens. And that was the, that was the uh, first of the new trilogy. And some people, and I get where they're coming from, they complained that it was just a rehash of the first Star Wars film from 1977. Notice I don't say A New Hope or Episode 4, because I don't like to say that. I like to call it <laughs> Star Wars, you know, as it was titled. Um, but a lot of people think that it was just a, uh, a 1977 Star Wars kind of rehash. Well, I can see that. And at the time when it came out, I didn't care about that because, in my opinion, Star Wars had so lost its center and its sort of magic that it needed to kind of follow a formula that we recognize as, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Star Wars. Well, then I saw the next one, uh, which I really didn't like, and then... I didn't even bother watching that third uh, of the new uh, trilogy because it just kept getting bad. And these other, I wasn't a fan of Rogue One. I wanted to like it. It was boring as all hell for me. Um, I didn't even mess with the Han Solo movie because you know why? I've never cared about Han Solo's backstory. This is what I, I don't like when people make a whole movie out of one sentence that was in a movie. It made the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. Oh, don't you want to know how Han Solo ran the castle run in less than 12 parsecs? No, I'm, I'm actually really good just hearing young Harrison Ford say, I got a badass ship, moving on with the plot. I don't need to find out how he became Han Solo. Seems to me like I can kind of come up with my own story in my head. I don't really need that shit. That's the type of fan service that I feel like is not for, like, it's just, it's that there's a bad focus to that. Well, anyway, let's get back to the main, the main thing I wanted to say here, which is, I am actually now very excited all over again about Star Wars because I finally, and I'm the last kid to do this because I'm always late to a party, but I uh, just finished watching uh, what is so far in existence of The Mandalorian, um, which at first I thought was uh, some like show about a car, because it does sound like a vehicle. Get into the Mandalorian, but um, yeah, the uh, the Mandalorian is a really really good show, and I kind of figured it out. And I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. This is absolutely like what people have been saying, and I agree with them. They finally figured out again why Star Wars can be so great, which is if you follow a genre, an actual genre formula, then you, um, like a Western or a high seas adventure or a mystery or, um, you know, any, any of like a real, like, like a, a true trope filled genre that is you wrap Star Wars around. Star Wars is not a new mythology. It, then then you're going to have a bunch of people saying, exactly, uh, if you look at the first few Star Wars films, uh, he's following the Joseph Campbell uh, things. And by the way, if anyone's going Joseph Campbell, I'll just say real quick, because we're running out of time here. Joseph Campbell um, basically uh, was a brilliant philosopher and also uh, an academic and uh, a publisher of many of the books that he wrote. And he was um, 
sort of like the uh, a, a, a trope finder in every world mythology. And he was a guy who could pretty much, I mean, he did his research and really found that just about every story uh, that people have been telling each other is relatively the same and the themes are very similar. So when you follow good old mythology making your movie, you tend to have a good platform for things to work because we all have heard these stories whether we know it or not. Let me make just a real brief example. One of the reasons I think the first Star Wars film from 1977 is so great is it's a very relatable tale. You know what it is? Farm boy makes the big leagues. That's that's what that movie is. Small town kid leaves his hometown, sees the big city, and makes a name for himself. It's a rags to riches story. It's a finding out your destiny story. It's a I know there's something beyond this kind of limited childhood that's been given to me. There's got to be something out there. These are amazingly relatable themes. That's what that is. And then later on, Star Wars became this, uh, in order to uh, satisfy the Taxation Federation, the Imperial Senate must veto a, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Give me a story. Give me a simple story. And then around that, wrap the amazing looks of these worlds and these characters. Well, the Mandalorian figured it out. The Mandalorian really figured it out, and they, um... Yeah, they, they, it's, it's each, it's almost like uh, Kung Fu, the old series. It's like you have the overall plot, which we all kind of get, which is the Mandalorian, just like Kane from Kung Fu. They, they wander the earth, but they have sort of an overall goal. But each episode, they're going to meet new people who say, hey, to get to the next point of this episode, in fact, indeed, to get to the next episode itself, I need you to help me do this task right here. So it's just each episode is its own contained world. It's it looks great. I, I I can't even explain how something that probably doesn't even have as much of the budget as the movies get looks better, moves better, feels better. And uh, I got to give it up to John Favreau and the other people who are doing the show. They really it's it's it feels like it's written by people who love Star Wars really understand that Star Wars has been pissing people off for quite a few decades now, and they are just making it work. And it's so... I, I, I had kind of written off Star Wars from my heart, and I don't, I don't know. You know, the problem is then when something works, then people get way too excited. You know, remember Game of Thrones, everyone? Remember how we saw, oh my god, and then I think all of us helped ruin that because we got way too into it. Um... Yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe these new Star Wars shows are going to shit the bed like everything else. But so far, I'm pretty damn impressed. I, I like what I'm seeing. Um, but to end off here, just a little something to think about. I, it had me wondering about older movies and and indeed some of the newer movies. And there's something that, that really has sort of ah, troubled me and made me kind of sad. You know... Quite a handful of actors who have been involved in these Star Wars films, they they are traumatized and left worse for wear than before they got into these Star Wars movies. And it's because of uh, a lot of quote-unquote fans. 
And um, I, I got mad with everyone else at episode one. I was furious as well. I, didn't, I did not understand what we're trying to do with Jar Jar Binks. I did not agree with the casting choice. I didn't think Anakin as sort of like a sort of just hangout kid with blonde hair who just talks so just like, hey, what's up? Didn't seem like the Anakin to me. Now, yeah, I, I didn't like the, the casting choice. I don't like the, the choice of Jar Jar. But the hate these two received in person on I just learned that the poor kid he's not he's a, he's an adult now but when he was a kid after having played young Anakin Skywalker he's getting teased at school relentlessly by other kids you would you would have thought when you're a kid like oh my god no I'm the hero now I'm going to be in Star Wars I'm going to be in this movie and I just I feel terrible and and some of the more recent actors you know the people who were just trying to like oh my god I got I I auditioned and out of thousands of people I'm gonna be in Star Wars and then people massacre them look here's the deal folks I didn't like the recent Star Wars movies I didn't like the prequels I don't even like some of the casting choices but if I saw one of those actors walking down the street especially a poor kid how can you in good conscience go up to that person and say something stupid like, you ruined my childhood. You ruined Star Wars. Guys, an eight-year-old kid is not a brilliant actor. You like, like, There's very few children who can just bring the fucking gold. And, and if the script ain't so hot either, then you got an extra challenge. But truly, folks, can we just take a moment... And just say, Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin Skywalker, it is not your fault. You were a kid, and you probably had no choice. You you were, hey, you want to audition for this? Sure. Hey, you got the part. You want to do it? Sure. I mean, it's just, you're doing what any one of us would have done. If they, I, you know, I have acting aspirations. I did a lot of acting uh, uh, more so in the past. Can you imagine... If someone said to me, like, okay, yeah, yeah, young Alex, you are going to be in Star Wars, you would think your life is made. But folks, have your disappointments, but don't get silly. Even I, I even sometimes feel like I have beef with George Lucas. If I met him, I nothing but compliments. I'd, I'd, I'd be like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you so much for the great things that you brought me. I wouldn't take time to then be like, by the way, you fucking ruined Star Wars. Shut the fuck up. Stop. Stop. You know what you can do? Not watch those Star Wars movies or make your sci-fi epic. I wouldn't make a Star Wars. It sounds like if you... Nowadays, except the shows, which does seem to have a lot of like loving fan base, but boy... When you make a Star Wars movie, you you appear to be damned from the start, because <laughs> that's one of the reasons why these this recent trilogy was so such a mess. Is that every time they did another movie, they tore apart any semblance of the last one because of way too much backlash from a bunch of fucking angry nerds. Also, what what happened? To, why are there too many nerds now? Why are there too many of us? When I was a kid, there was a controlled game of nerds out there. It was a controlled game. And by the way, when I was a kid, 
people weren't doing Star Wars tats. People didn't. People weren't like loose Star Wars fans in the background. You either really knew it or you really didn't give a fuck. And in fact, you. I, I kind of miss when you almost had to. Depending on who was in the room, you didn't. You don't want to talk about Star Wars too loudly because you don't want to be made fun of. Dude, now it's just like it, Star Wars is a religion. People get mad at me when I when they're like, "What do you? You haven't seen Episode Nine? Nah, never will." What do you mean? It's like, hey, 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 nah, nah. How about nah? But regardless of all the reasons, and regardless of what that, just don't attack the actors. I prompt most of the time. You know what sucks too? When it's a bad movie, the actors really look foolish. And they are the easiest to pick on because you can see them. They're right there. But I think we gotta... Let, let's look at the people who are coming up with this shit. And if we gotta get mad... Let's, let's first of all get mad at the, at the adults. Not at a kid. And let's look at who's actually like organizing this adventure. Because most of the time... <laughs> actors have enough problems as is they, they already learned lines and and especially in a star wars movie they're most likely are looking at some like dot on a wall not a real person so let's give them a little credit here folks i mean yeah it's an it's annoying when you see someone not working well on screen but it tends to be someone who was there on the day could have improved them and they didn't well anyway folks here i am feeling like i think i've sort of exceeded our time but it is good to be talking again, and I do apologize again if any of this episode uh, sound-wise got a little um, sharp on the ears. I'm going to continue to learn how to use this and uh, and get you some good audio. But um, thank you for coming back, my friends, and again, thank you for your patience. I can't imagine any of you were really biting your nails for when I'd be coming back, but if you did, my goodness, I certainly thank you. And I hope to uh, have you all back again soon. I hope to be back soon. In fact, I am asserting that I will be back very soon. And in the mean, in between, thank you for your time. Thank you for your ride. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.